What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digga Doolabite. And your auditory canals are tuned into episode 136 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. And of course, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck, we got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. Cat Daddy, a.k.a. the Gamer Step Daddy. What's going on, man? Not much. Just happy to be here on this very cool day. It's it's very nice uh, where I am. Got the windows open. The cats are running around, looking out, watching their TV, looking out the windows. It's a very it's a very nice day today. Today was a did, very uh, chill. Day. It was a chill. Uh, did the smoke go away? I know. Uh, it did. This afternoon, uh, it cleared up, and so there the wind had blown it away. So this morning it was really overcasty, but now it is uh, clearer. Yeah, because yesterday and the day before was no joke. So, but it's much better now, and it was a nice you know seventy two seventy three degrees. So it was a really nice day. Okay, all right. It, we, our temperature wasn't too bad today. I think it only got up to what the low nineties, I think. That's yeah, ninety one, ninety two, something like that. So yeah, so I'll take those <laughs> take those blessings but we can get them. And that other voice you heard belongs to Trader Joe because our show is a no go without Trader Joe, aka the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, bro? <laughs> What's going on? I always appreciate your docile, t- your your wonderful tones, uh, introducing <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, it, it took a, a lot of uh, effort for me to resist uh, to do the purple bling bling. Dig a doodle bite. I don't know how how many times Desmond ha- edits uh, that out. I don't end. actually. You don't. Oh, okay. If you listen to the show, you'd know that. <laughs> Hey, I, I make the show. I don't need to listen to the show. No, <laughs> no, no. no. I, I leave them in because I think that they're really hilarious. So if you've missed the uh, last two episodes, the at the end I leave them. So, oh, and I got okay. I got Kev like laughing his ass off about it. So I had to keep it in. It's so funny. Good deal. Good deal. I'm glad you were able to get some sort of enjoyment off PSO2, Kev. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, like I, hey, you take you take your you take your joys where you can get them. Yeah, I, I have no. <laughs> that is all. That's a, my motto, I guess. You know, every every time I roll into Central City, I see Exeter, and and I go talk to him, and he says, "Yo, yo, <laughs> yo," the uh, brown what skin up? colored robot. You know, so. What up, For, G? Form, formerly known as Diggit. <laughs> what up, dog? <laughs> What up, dog? <laughs> Got me digging for minerals over there. <laughs> they should get mud flapping skits and skids from the Transformers just to be in there. Just, there just, just, com- just complete the uh, black exploitation robotic trifecta there. <laughs> well, it's kind of better than like you know. Every time I go into like the little PSO to New Genesis area on. The Xbox Series X dashboard. I swear to God, it's like uh, um, 
whoever the user created videos that you know Microsoft systemically puts on the front end, um, half of them are uh, like you know glammed up anime esque like big buxom like um, boobies and all this other stuff and it's like the screenshots are like exactly like you know manicured <laughs> in a certain way so I'm, I think i'm looking at senran kagura you know second coming of that so <laughs> well are, are you surprised i mean <laughs> this this seems like like a weeb hub it is. From the grub hub, this is weeb hub. It, it is. <laughs> you are not saying anything that people do not already understand. I totally I agree. You know, I, I appreciate because those people make this free to play game. Hey, guess what? It's a free to play game for me, not for you. So it's like you know, I, I go and I get and uh, do my scratcher every day to get my free um, like uh, cosmetic eye item and it's like i'm getting like oh i got a pierced tongue and i got a forced a forked tongue and all this bang yeah it's like i don't want to put all this crap on my character you think i care if i have a pierced tongue or a fang tongue who's gonna see that though (laughs) is there like a a photo mode or something where you can you know open your character's mouth or no no photo (laughs) modes it's just the way you look and people can look at you i guess i i I don't really know i'm like yeah i'm not i'm not into the glam glam scene on uh pso2 new genesis you know some sometimes i get a scratcher it's like oh i get a new speedo a new colored speedo that's great you know Don't, don't listen to him folks he really is like he's sitting there doing it right now it's uh it's uh Final, uh, what is it, Fantasy Star Fashion Online. So he's, like, totally doing that. He's constantly like, Desmond, check out this new eye piercing I got. And I'm like, okay. Fire. <laughs> 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 then why are you running out, well, then why are you running around in that, well, looking like that muscle dude for a while? You're like, uh, the- I still got that muscle dude, actually. I'm used to his characteristics now, so. Oh, you're used to it. Oh, okay. Yes. It's so silly. So yes, I I have my character now has like no shirt on, so he's walking around with like a necklace on, and he's like you know busting out with some tats and all sort of stuff. You know, L- looks kind of accustomed like something out of Final Fantasy or something. So you know, actually, yeah, it kind of does. So I, I can't lie about that. You're actually kind of right. <laughs> well, that's cool. It's a lot. <laughs> You know, All right. I, I ain't gonna weeboo it up, I promise. You know, and then six Fire. months later you'll be listening on the show. It's like, oh, I got my new attachment for my character. It's like, you know. <laughs> has He's there has alive. there been a dead or alive in uh cross promotion in this game? No. No, no but the that's Surgeon, gotta be coming. Surgeon Fire didn't and uh, create a character named Kasumi, so and uh that's you know, awesome. Yeah. I can't I just I, I don't know. The the game is just hilarious to me. I'm just like, okay, sure. (laughs) Sure. Well, all right, y'all. As usual, our first topic on our docket is going to be the playlist. So, Des, you're first on deck. What you been playing, man? All righty. So, for me, it's been um, quite actually a busy week. Um, uh, I started uh, my master's program again. So, that's kind of... Uh, put a little kibosh on you know, you would think you would could have put a kibosh but i've actually still been playing games as a way to kind of decompress because i take three classes a week four hour three four hour classes a week although last week since it was the first week we only had two because we started it in the middle of the week but next week 
I'll have my three classes. So it's very good to kind of start playing something to kind of um, uh, relax afterwards. And so some of the games that I play to relax my mind have been uh, Tribes of Midgard, still playing that game. Again, it's one of those games that you just kind of uh, play and you it is it is it is one of the better time wasters because you just basically hop into it you hop into a, a game and then you play it for as long as you want and then you hop out and you can complete missions when you want to you don't have to and the more you progress in it the more classes you unlock and so each time you play a run you can play a different class so it's actually a pretty cool little system that they had i think some of the ways to unlock the classes are kind of annoying but but um, it's not bad. I, I think if you're, it's one of those. If you're if you're a um, like consummate player and you play all the time, then I can see people. Then I, then I can see you getting done with the content relatively quickly. But because I'm a casual player, it doesn't like I, I still have things to do and and, and to experience. So it's, it's nice. You, and seriously, it loads up quick. You you pop in. Uh, the the world is generated. And it's populous enough that way I, you generally always have a uh, total of 10 players, including myself playing, running around doing stuff. So I actually think it's a decent game um, and, and I've been playing it quite a while. Another another game that is a big time waster and Joe knows it, too, is a PSO New Genesis. It's still the game that I play. I'd say I probably play that game the most out of all the games that I've been that's in the regular rotation. And mainly because it's, you know, Joe and I running around, uh, talking about it, talking about stuff, chopping it up and just, you know, killing stuff. It's one of those games that doesn't demand a lot of a lot of attention when you're playing the games. Once you really get into the, you know, the um, uh, the minutia of, of playing the game, you know, and I've, I've, I'm really comfortable with my with my Ranger um, and and it just seems really easy to kind of pick up and play and get going in and they give you just enough to do per day that way you're not like completely starving for for content um is it becoming a little stale i can only speak for myself but yeah it is um and they're just they're slowly adding in new features and stuff from the old game they decided in something new they uh, if you're familiar with the first uh fantasy star online there was these mining thing mining um uh Ricks. Yeah, rigs that you had to go in and protect from the dolls, the evil creatures, and their like um, urgent quests that you do. So, so they're slowly adding more stuff to it. I haven't done one yet. Me neither. Um, but ha- have you done one, Joe? No, nah, no, nah, not yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, tried, I jumped in the urgent quest, and it was just a, this the same old, same old two urgent okay. one of the two urgent quests. So, yeah. So, so again, it's. I think the reason why I like that game is because it's. I think it's more due to the company than the actual gameplay because like I kick it with Joe and we just chat, we chat for like an hour and a half, two hours. And then, you know, I go to bed. So it's, it's just really become this kind of experience that that's been a lot of fun for me as there's nothing else that's really, really engaging about the game. And that's not a bad thing. You know, uh, once, once the new, the, the new area opens up, once it gets a few more bells and whistles into it, you know, I'll start getting more excited about it, but right now it's just an, it's just an okay game right now. Joe, do you have anything to add to that? It's just like it's coasting right now. It's just uh, the Braver class bring brought something new to the table, but it's basically a mashup between uh, a couple of different classes, between a ranger and obviously a fighter, and uh, 
you know, mixing those two in with the uh, bow and arrow and with the uh, katanas on there. So, and I'm just slowly trying to level up my braver class um, and uh, just get on every day to do the dailies. It almost seems like I was like back playing Destiny and just running, running, doing some, you know, quest to earn the usual stuff and, you know, maintain basically. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much that's pretty much it. I think uh, the con- I love the combat in the game. I think it's in- immersive enough on there, and I like mixing it up. And uh, obviously, I like to power up the weapons and getting some new drops and that kind of thing. So that, that the gear chase is still there as well. So yeah, and I do think you're correct. I think the combat is really peppy in that game. It's brisk. It's quick. Uh, the way you move around and zip around, I think it's it 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 has a it has a quickness to it that and responsiveness to it that that is really nice. Um, so so I really enjoy it too. Yeah. Um, the other game that I've been playing is uh, The Ascent. Went back to that. Uh, I've been playing it just a little here and there. Um, I got to the the second tier of the of the planet. So now I'm trying to work on those quests. Um, it's still holding my interests. Um, I do really need to play it um, away from um, uh, the Games Pass, though, because Games Pass on PC at the moment, the, how it's running on my system and, and my experience is trash. I do not like it. I do not like it at all. Um, and I don't know if it's specifically Games Pass or if it's the the the, the program or the app itself or the game itself, but it does not run well on um, on um, Games Pass. So I'm really thinking about picking it up from Steam on a sale um, and just playing it through Steam because I don't understand why. Like it's like it, it chugs along now. It's like I don't know what's going on, but it just chugs when I'm playing it. And it just—it's just this weird chugging, skipping frames kind of thing. And I've, and I've tried to fix it. And I've tried to change it up, but it's just—you know—and every so often it'll be a smooth patch, and then it'll go back to chugging. And I'm just like, Ugh. so. But um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it, except for one other game, you know, that I'm going to end my segment with. And I know Joe's going to piggyback on this to start his segment. I think it's funny. But Joe and I started playing Boyfriend Dungeon. Yes. <laughs> Boyfriend Dungeon. And uh, we're going to talk about this, Joe. We're going to talk about yes, this. Yes, yes, we're going to talk about um, it. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a game in which you date swords. It's like if Soul Eater and uh, a dating sim had a baby, um, this would be boyfriend dungeon and it's really um i don't know it's the the gameplay while simplistic uh it's kind of hard um because you only you only attack in like four directions and so you can't really at least i haven't got it yet you can't really spin around and attack quickly because you, it, it, the 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 um, controls aren't fast enough to register the input or something. So, so I'm finding it kind of hard to strafe around and attack things. So I'm getting, I'm still getting my my I guess my my gamer legs for this game. Uh, but once I do that, I'm sure it will be a lot easier. Your sword to, legs. My sword legs, exactly. <laughs> but 
But the game is just so interesting in the fact that you play this person because you can be a guy, a girl, you can be non-binary, you can wear whatever clothes you want, you can do whatever you want, um, and you meet these people in this town. You're basically on vacation in the summer and you visit your cousin and and your cousin moved in with his partner, but you're not sure because they use the pronoun games. You're not sure if they're straight, if he's straight or not. doesn't really matter. I haven't gotten that far in the game, but you're staying at his old place that he still has rented for the summer. So you're trying to find yourself in this, uh, in this new, in Verona beach, you know, you're trying to find yourself. And then they have this mall that is infested with monsters that you can go and fight and go on dates with. And there are these people who can change themselves into weapons, swords, daggers, um, axes, whatever. And you form these relationships with them. And if you form relationships with them, you get, and they're positive, you get more weapon moves because that the, the more moves you, the, the, the better your dates are or your romance with these characters, the more, uh, weapon attacks and moves you get and you can go up to 10 uh, 10, 10 levels and then uh, it's kind of it's an endless dungeon um, sort of uh, when you go into the shopping mall it's an endless dungeon and you are fighting repressed feelings and I guess for this anxiety. character yeah. yeah anxiety like his repressed fears or anxiety is technology I guess because you're fighting smartphones that that have these these fangs that that jump at you old photograph records that throw uh records at you tvs that throw little tv blasts at you phones it's just it's just very weird and then and then you th- and then you can get boba tea and that heals you and then you can throw you read zines like magazines but zines like, I haven't heard that word in years, so they're taking it back to the early 2000s, late 90s, and, and you and you can create these zines, and the zines turn into, like, fireballs and weapons and stuff. The game is all over the place. but And then you date these guys and girls, you know? Although there seems to be a bevy of men at the beginning, and at this point, I've watched a couple of gameplay clips from streamers, and there's a, there's a girl that you can find as well and she's uh, she turns into a dagger, but I'm like, I don't know. There's just there's just a lot going on in this game uh, with with the with the actual talking to people and dating people. But um, I don't know. I think again, the the, well, the gameplay, while challenging, is simplistic, um, and it really, um, I think it's passable as a as a sort of a, a roguelite ish because you don't really die. You just faint and then they take you home and then, you know, you get a message on your phone from the because you take you you take one of the weapons. So one of the guys or girls turns into a weapon. You meet them at the at the mall and you go on this this dun they call it a dunge. It's not a dungeon. It's a dunge. <laughs> D-U-N-J. And you fight. Right. And you fight. And each oh, well, cool thing is each weapon has their own moveset, which is really kind of cool. Um, and so if you find one that you like, you know, you can use that one. There's a there's a uh, an epee or a fencing a fencing sword. There's a saber and then there's the dagger, you know, and it's just you meet these people and you can go dancing with them. And there's this guy who's kind of stalkerish, 
this really this is white 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 guy blonde hair blue eyes and he's kind of Aryan and he's kind of stockish and you're kind of like he's like stalking you or something and he's kind of is, kinda is like, he the guy with glasses is that yes kind of oh, okay he's kind of like Hitler youthy and he's just like you know hey <laughs> and he's like very forward and he calls you like babe and stuff and you're like you can say don't call me that and he's like sure ha <laughs> ha and I'm like ew so. And then, and you know, the game is going to be interesting when the when the beginning has a warning saying, like, you know, there there are scenes in here that depict, you know, you know, what can be construed as like stalking behavior. You know, please play at your own risk. So it has it has a warning tag and everything. It's a it's a very interesting game. What are your thoughts, Joe? I'm dying to hear your thoughts. Well, don't die. I mean, but I want to. <laughs> Uh, I checked it out. I mean, pretty much uh, I started the game like, you know, I was usually when you play a game is that you put yourself and try to create a character kind of like yourself on here. And I did that, you know, and then, you know, started playing the game and, you know, I'm having multiple swords like hit on me. These guy people personify the swords and it's like I'm trying to take myself back here like, you know, it seems like. Uh, the dating aspects of it are too, to me, kind of cutting corners on there. I mean, you know, it's just like, oh, I like you, you know. It's like it's way too forward, you know, kind of thing. And I think uh, after that, I started to kind of think uh, maybe this is a game that I don't need to play to be like personifying as myself. Maybe I'll play as like uh, like role play and play as a different type of character i actually went into i was in my apartment and looked in the mirror and i created a woman instead and uh changed the name so it wasn't being personified as me per se versus uh you know having my persona i i didn't think there was a not not enough uh uh choices to create your own avatar i think at the beginning it was just kind of very limited on there but i'm kind of gonna approach the game if i play it further um i named my female regina after one of my old roommates you know so and ironically she like you know my old roommate slept around a lot so <laughs> so it's kind of uh indicative of the uh plot and whatnot you know i didn't know there was a, another female in the game either as well but uh i'm gonna pick whatever sword that i feel i like the best on there irregardless of the sec uh orientation of the sword whether it's male or female or anything like that so and as far as the gameplay it's just a roguelike it's a simplistic um i think it's well done for what it is i i think all the like uh vignettes are pretty well produced but it's you know part of me it's like okay this game's good for what it is i would never have uh, bought it but since i had games pass well guess what i got the chance to boot it up but uh i gotta look at my backlog and look at all the the bangers i have in my backlog including like you know uh you know ghost of tsushima you know horizon zero dawn you know all the games i haven't played and you know, if, if I'm going to continue to play this, it's almost going to be just as a, like, here and there kind of a palate cleanser, like, you know, just to throw something different into the mix on there. Uh, I think the gameplay is decent enough. I think it does have potential. I think you say it has potential, right, Des? Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is this kind of something that people are putting out in order to kind of test the waters and really show diversity in, gaming, in the gaming space. So, yeah. I mean... 
I, I think this is games like these are bound to happen. Um, and I'm, and I'm glad they are happening. I just want them to be good, good games first, you know, social yeah. commentary second. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to be open-minded, you know, I'm playing it, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, normally you would personify yourself as the, you know, main protagonist when you play and it's like you know i don't ever do that so <laughs> i don't ever do that i make completely something else <laughs> yeah and i'm it's, it's kind of out of the box for me a little bit too you know because i'm glad you're jumping out of your out, out of your out of your you know out of your normal your stuff and just going out and being something doing something different <laughs> yeah uh, I could play as my old roommate Regina that way. If, you know, she's dating a bunch of dudes. You know, she wound up uh, sleeping with one of my roommates, and it's like wow. I didn't get. But you know, <laughs> okay. I, 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 Sounds I like somebody's sleep. still a little bit bitter. Oh no, I'm not bitter. <laughs> this is not Love Line. <laughs> okay, this is not Love Line. Actually, she was like uh, dating like three different guys at once. She wound up having a kid, and it's funny that she, uh, one of her, her boyfriend at the time was from China. And um, my long story short, you know, I haven't I haven't talked to my old roommate in a while, but uh, he got hit with a paternity suit from her out of the blue, saying that she was he was the father of her child, and she was asking for child support. Maury, so. <laughs> yep, get more involved. Yeah. And you I'm so are I'm not so, the father. Get that I'm so, I'm so grateful I, I didn't sign up on that, you know, docket to be, you know, number four on the list. <laughs> so. I don't know, Joe. You know, you you date a you date a uh, a girl in this and boyfriend dungeon, and you might she might have a little dagger, or or knowing you, it'd be a pizza cutter. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, Racism. God. <laughs> Okay, so the last game that I played, and then I'll turn it over because Joe's playing this as well, was Marvel's Avengers. Um, like I said last week, uh, went back, uh, Surging Fire um, plays it, and he was wanting you know people to play with, and we said okay, we'll try it. Uh, haven't played with him yet, but I, a year later, I've kind of come to this realization about that about marvel's avengers and maybe people already know this maybe they don't i don't know but th there's nothing technically wrong with the game um it has enough depth in 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 what you and how you play the game and everything like that mastery points and and everything like that um and the story is serviceable um, as a longtime comic book fan and reader, um, I enjoy seeing uh, these characters and being able to play these characters um, in a video game. Um, I love seeing the leader. I love seeing AIM. I love seeing um, all of these things in the game. So from a fan of of the the source material I, I i am enjoying myself while i'm playing the story missions of this game that is where it ends unfortunately um because the impetus behind this game was to milk people dry and that is a problem um, and I think that that's a really big problem that 
video games are going to struggle with uh, for the time being and for a while. And I think and and Marvel's Avengers is kind of the epitome right now of 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 this thing that we're fearing of a live service. They put in the bare minimum to make a game and they were fine with that. And as a consumer of video games, we should be angry about that or we should be weary about that. You can be angrier, more fine or whatever. But the fact of the matter is they did just enough, just enough to appease people who are fans of the of the game and people who and and people who like fighting games, people who like action adventure games. Because the graphics are great, the 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 voice acting is fine, the story is decent, but that's it. And you need more than that to make a good game. And I think because they were marred in a live service model, and that was their impetus, that is why the game suffered. And I believe had it been the other way around this game would have been received much, much better than, than what we currently have today. And having said that, um, and seeing T'Challa's, uh, the, the Black Panther come out and seeing the reviews from it, I'm not, I haven't played it yet because I'm going through all of the story content because I want to at least play the story and see what the story has to offer. Plus, I already bought it. it uh, I've already lost the money, so <laughs> I'm going to play it, you know, to see what's going on. Again, the story's not that bad. It's just, it's not that good either. And the main crux of, of, of what I'm telling you all is that we should be worried um, if this is the future of, gaming if, if if a live service is the future of gaming and this is the bare minimum that a huge studio like square enix with money from marvel um and and disney um uh, is willing to put out there into the market we should be worried because there is no reason why they could not have made a good game first live service second except it was the greed they wanted money and they wanted us to jump on that Marvel's Avengers teat and just suck it dry while while we're paying money, while we're paying money to, to get to, to get access to this. And it's bad. And and it just just with 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 what happened over the past year and with and with um, Black Panther coming out, they're not going to change this. You know, I was hoping that it would be this sort of like um, uh, No Man's Sky kind of rise from the ashes into something that people really, really got behind and 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 worked out where they where they listened to the criticisms and 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 made an actual game. You know, that is to to an extent, it's not really a live service, but but it it, it is a game that they they saw had problems and they fixed it. I. Square Enix does not see that there's any problems with this game whatsoever, and they are continuing to follow suit. And and I'm scared because 
this is exactly what would have happened with Anthem had it not been so terribly shitty and unplayable at the beginning. It, it, the problem is just, is just there was a bigger IP behind Marvel than there was Anthem. And that's why Anthem died, and this one still lives. So that's I really thought about this a while because I was really trying hard to reconcile the fact that I enjoy the game. But the reason why I enjoy it is because I like the source material. And that is not enough. You know, it's not enough. So you're going to sign up and max all the battle passes out for your no, character. No, it's not. It's not. Seriously, I'm 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 literally playing it for the story. And once the story's over, I will take it out. I will put it in my in its case. It's in its steel case because I bought the 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 steel book edition, and I'll put it back on the shelf until another DLC comes out. And then I'll pull it out, take a look at it, and see how it goes. As long as they're free, I'm not paying any any extra money for that game because then I because then everything that I just told you would have been bullshit. And I can't do that. I, oh, yeah. I there's no. I can't put any money into this, into the service. I, I just can't because if I did, I would be per- perpetuating something that I just do not believe in. So I don't know what your thoughts are, Joe, but that's mine regarding Marvel's Avengers. I don't know uh, what yours are, but but it's hard. And I want better. I, I want I want better for gaming. I want better for Marvel. You know, and it's not for a lack of funds. It's just um, it, it's just greed uh, trumped everything. So, uh, I have, I mean, pretty much I started my playthrough. In fact, I had to remind myself the beginning play, uh, story section was with Kamala Khan. Um, I haven't even played that before. I only I played the demo and I don't remember going and searching for these uh, story the sequences, comics? whether, yeah, with the searching for the comics with her, uh, was it her dad or is it that's her, her dad? Uh, that's her dad. Okay on there so and that was all new to me i don't remember that from the demo and that's as as far as i've gotten i have not gotten beyond that point obviously i know at that point uh, the um san francisco I- issue with the hive kind of uh sh- shits the you bed and I, from there and aim. Uh, aim. Is, is oh, DC. <laughs> okay there you go. Aim, hive, whatever you want to call it. They're all evil. They're all evil, maniacal tech corporations. Just call it there Facebook and let's move on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna like go out with the Kamala Khan at Star Labs. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it shows Stop. you where my where my preferences are. You know, I'm a DC guy. <laughs> Star Labs. Oh, Star Labs is is the shit, man. Come on, I know man. It is. I, know. I know. Where does Clark Kent Superman go to when he needs some tech? Star Labs. Come on, man. You know. So, but uh, I'm gonna definitely go back. But it sounds like to me we're now probably gonna grind and do some multiplayer on Avengers from what you've played so far, Des. So we'll definitely. Uh, I'll see if maybe Jason wants to play a little bit, but it doesn't sound like I'm just chomping at the bit to play this too much either. I know. No, don't get me wrong. I'll play with you guys, you know, just to hang out and, and, and kick it. But, but that's pretty much about it. I don't have, I don't have the wherewithal or the, no, it's not the wherewithal. I don't have the, the, the drive to just play this on my own and just go through mission and mission. Like I used to do with destiny. I don't have the desire to do that with this. Not at all. 
Gotcha. Even though I know that's how they want you to play because they want you to buy your battle passes and grind and get your skins and not going to do that stuff. Yeah. No, no. If I, if I can get that stuff for free by just, by just playing the main storyline, well then that's great. But other than that, no, I'm good. I mean, it seems like half the armor isn't even for, in my opinion, half the armor doesn't look that good. Number one. And it's not really any armor that's well, some of the armor is represented from the represented from the actual comic books. But the most of it is just stuff that they made for the game. So, like yeah, they, as, long, as long as it doesn't affect the actual game itself, you know, as far as getting better attributes, then I don't really care. I'm not that much of a Mar- Marvel aficionado to, you know, be all into it. And if that's what their impetus is to get you to play hours of multiplayer and to buy battle passes, well, <laughs> you know, no. uh, yeah. Yeah, Jason, maybe you want us to respond, maybe send us a vessel line or uh, respond on the Discord. Maybe kind of give your two cents on that and definitely let us know and see what you think of the game or whether you're, you know, quote unquote, taking it seriously or if it's just something to dabble with or whatnot. So, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's all I've been playing. And so, do you have, oh, do you have a response, Kev? Or. No, I don't know why you guys keep doing this to yourself. I mean, it's obviously you don't like the game. It's like, why you... I don't know. Um, but that's the thing. Like, I like the story so far, you know? And it's like, you know, is and, and the gameplay is not terrible. It's just... It's just lackluster. Oh, that gameplay is trash. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, it's... But again, I'm a beat-em-up snob. So my... Yeah. My level of... Uh, how can I say this without sounding like a complete jerk? Um, my 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 level of uh, not not prowess but critique there you go. is higher than the average player of this game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but and the fact that you got to dodge as the Hulk, I just couldn't get past that. Yeah. That was that was just absolute garbage, garbage level planning, garbage character ability and assessment planning on the part of the company. I mean, and here's the thing though. It's not that this game couldn't have been good. It's that if they would have made this a good game first, they would not have recouped the amount of money it cost to get those Marvel licenses because Square Enix had to cough up some dollar bills to make this game. Those those Marvel licenses don't come for free. Just like uh, Insomniac had to cough up some money to do Spider-Man, Spider-Man, that license doesn't come for free. Even though Sony owns Spider-Man from the last I heard, that's that's Sony movie division, not gaming division. There's still some money that has to transpire. But the way that Insomniac went about it and the way that it was allowed to progress was that we need to make a good game first. And monetization is going to have to come second or third or fourth down the line. This was just too much money changing hands. Disney ain't letting go anything, any of these licenses for cheap. And high license costs, are you were able to, to recoup that investment in a gotcha in a gotcha style game, and I don't know if this game qualifies as gotcha, but it's obviously they trying to reel you in buying battle passes and skins and stuff that really doesn't 
do anything for you other than change your appearance. That that business model is more geared toward toward recouping the investment that you put into this game, not necessarily for R and D, but just for getting the licenses, man. I mean, this, and again, I, I I picked up on this when I played the demo because the demo I did not hold my interest at all mechanically. And again, when you got to dodge as the Hulk, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I got I got no time for trash games. I I, I just yeah. I just don't. So I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, we you, you want to, you know, hanging out with, with your buds and, you know, but that's why God made cell phones. It's like, <laughs> if I if I got to pay a trash game to talk to somebody, it's like... <laughs> it's like I mean, you know. you're not lying, and that's so sad about the whole situation. <laughs> So you're saying that Marvel's Avengers is about as good as uh, Yahoo Messenger, basically. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. L- let's just move Actually, on. I'll take Yahoo Messenger. <laughs> Y'all are killing me. Y'all are killing me right now. Might might see some something nice on the webcam. You never know. But. Oh, these facts are killing me. Stop. Silly. <laughs> Seriously, I can't. I can't rebuttal. Stop. <laughs> I can't rebuke it. Stop. Stop. All right, Joe. What else have what have you been playing, buddy? Uh, pretty much we covered everything I've been playing, so I'm gonna kick it over to Kev. Kev, what you been playing? So stuff I've been playing is, is uh, I've been playing some demos. First demo I've been playing is this game called Ultra Age, and it's a it's a game that I hadn't even heard of. Uh, shout out to Ace Black for calling this game out to me. Um, so basically. <laughs> Basically, this game is like Devil May Cry and um, Near Automata kind of had a, had a kid, and this this is what it would be. First thing you're going to notice, Ultra Age is an ugly looking game. It, it it looks like it came out at the end of the PS3 360 generation, beginning of the PS4 Xbox One generation. It's not a looker. It, not in the least. <laughs> I was really kind of, kind of put, put kind of put a put off by the poor graphics at this game that this game is is uh, using. And I've been this is a PS4 game, even though I'm, I'm playing it on the PS5. There is no PS5 version, and the like. And the game's not even out yet. I think it comes out at the end of the month, I believe. But basically. What I found, what I found held my attention was the gameplay mechanics of the game. So make it makes up for the poor graphics and the rather abysmal voice acting <laughs> that is in the, that is in this demo. The mechanics are very interesting. It's um, so if if you set the wayback machine, and you go back to the first Devil May Cry. Um, if when you are using, uh, what's his name? What is Dante? I think Dante Sword's name is Rebellion. When you use Rebellion <clears throat> in the first Devil May Cry, there's two ways that you can ex- that you can create combos. One is 
simply by button by putting in the button presses as quickly as possible. But there's another way that you could execute more complex and more damaging combos, which is letting the animation of your first button press complete before hitting the the second button of your combination press. So it would instead of Dante doing like a direct three hit attack, he might do a hit and a crowd control sweep and then follow that up with a more damaging blow that could be directed at a single target and do some like critical damage on that. Well, that's how this game's this game's mechanics are. The more important thing in this game is not the quickness of button presses. Uh, that's not going to get you anywhere. What is going to matter is the cadence and kind of the flow of combat is what's most important. So you, when you hit a, in a button attack, you have to let the animation kind of finish. And that's where your combinations come from. Uh, just randomly hitting face buttons isn't going to work for you. Now, where the interest, the interesting aspect of this comes in is that your character has a couple of <clears throat> a couple of active abilities that he can use. He can use a grip wire that he can use for grabbing resources in the battlefield. And he can also use that for in his combo strings. Like if you jump and you're attacking enemy in the air, you can switch targets and utilize the grip wire, latch on to that character, launch onto that enemy, and do like this uh, sweeping attack that from the air. It's kind of like uh, like you're coming down, like it, very anime style. And an attack from the air just kind of slicing through an enemy. So you can do that. The different weapons have different cadences in their combos. Like the katana is very quick. The katana is used primarily for organic enemies. It does more damage to organic enemies. And you have the uh, <clears throat> claymore, which is like this, uh, what would, I guess you'd call it like a double-handed bastard sword uh think Siegfried Siegfried's weapon from uh <laughs> from Soul Calibur it's kind of like kind of along the lines of that that sword does most damage against uh, robotic enemies and then you have the steel sword which is kind of like your all-rounder it doesn't really do a whole lot of damage to anything but your swords wear out. Now, now, this is real. Now, one of the things you know is like I hate games in which your your weapons wear out. Uh, this game handles that in a really interesting way because it requires you to focus, save your claymore and your katana for more important enemies like let's say if you're fighting a group of robots and a large enemy robot or a boss enemy robot shows up on the battlefield that you need to take down you're going to want to focus primarily using the steel sword until that higher ranked enemy shows up that way you can utilize the depletion of your claymore 
on that more difficult enemy. And, and I kind of like the way it makes you kind of has to make you think on the fly uh, and really take into consideration your surroundings, your enemy surroundings. Uh, but like I said, the game is not pretty. <laughs> um, but when, if you can look past that, there is a really mechanically sound third person beat em up or at or slasher. No, I wouldn't call it a slasher because it's not. This is this isn't a uh, this isn't a muso. Uh, it is definitely a skill based uh, third person. Uh, beat em up game and I think I'm going to be picking it up it is 30 bucks which is probably overpriced for the way for how this game is presented but the mechanics are really good and they're kind of unique in this third person beat em up space uh, I, I, I'm really I'm really digging it the um, there you do your character cannot block or parry but he can uh, dodge and his dodge they lifted that straight out of near automata so as ev as your the enemies will do these tails like uh, biological weapons their eyes will are biological creatures like the um, there's like these stone I don't know why uh, these stone battle cats that's what I call because they all kind of look like he-man's battle cat just different colors and they're all made out of stone or, or lava or ice or all these different uh, elements. So when they attack, their eyes glow. Um, when robots attack, either their weapons glow or their eyes will glow. So when you see that glow, you tap the R2 and you will go into your, your dodge maneuver. And that dodge maneuver can be utilized anytime. So no matter what point you are in the combo, uh, you don't have to worry about, oh, well, I'm stuck in this animation frame until I, uh, you know, I can't dodge. No, you can dodge at any time. Another thing that you can do, which is pretty dope, is you can switch weapons at any point during your combos because all weapons share the same basic combo string you can go from the steel sword and maybe as you're handling regular robots and this boss robot comes up you can switch to your uh your claymore and the cool thing about that is when you switch weapons it causes an energy diffusion which is an attack that knocks everything around you back and it kind of clears the way for you to utilize that sword for its specific, uh, for its for specific enemy type. And there's the, like I said, there's a lot of mechanics to that. And when you complete the demo, it goes into um, kind of like a gameplay uh, collage showing you some of the combos that are possible once you get all the weapons and build up your skill tree. And it's pretty freaking dope. So, uh, like I said, it's not pretty, but mechanically, it's super sound. So that was that's what has me really impressed with that game. Uh, the other game I played was I played some more uh, Scarlet Nexus. So I'm making my way further in that game. Um, 
I'm getting ready to get to a key point in in the game. From what I understand, it's I'm I'm still not <laughs> I'm still not near the end. I feel like I'm pretty far in Scarlet Nexus, but uh, I, I I'm I, I've got a ways to go. But I'm still enjoying that game. The the telekinetic gameplay mechanics that are in Scarlet Nexus are pretty interesting. Uh, although I have to say that the I kind of feel that the combat is not as um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not quite as uh, complex as I would as I would like it to be. Mm. Um, okay. I'm at a I'm at a point in my in my skill tree where I kind of wish I had some more uh, weapon based options as opposed to everything just being focus on your telekinetic powers. Uh, I kind of wish that there was a little bit more on the like weapon options. Yeah, weapon ver- a variety in your move set, a variety in just some of the things that you can do. Like, um, I just kind of feel that the base, I keep that base, that basic combo is still has not changed since the beginning of the game. And it changed a little bit early on. Uh, like you can add like a charge attack. Uh, you could add an aerial strike, but that was towards the beginning of the game, and I have not seen any addendums to those basic combo strings since the since that time. And it's I kind of wish there was a little more meat to that, but. The telekinesis is really unique and neat in the game, so I, I'm still enjoying it. I still don't have, uh, I still don't, I, I still don't uh, feel that it's a, a bad game for that. But if I was going to stack mechanics on mechanics and compare the two, even though Scarlet Nexus is infinitely better looking, uh, infinitely more uh, better acted. <laughs> mechanically uh ultra age beats it uh, just in in straight up gameplay mechanics and, and just in the in the raw combat uh, that that telekinesis makes up for a lot of stuff i have to say that and the other demo uh i played was the tales of arise uh demo and this this game this game is going to be freaking fantastic it is um very similar to the Final Fantasy remake gameplay where you can switch from all the members of your party. It is real time, very beat up based, almost act, almost fighting game based. You have these skills. I want to say they're called uh, uh, battle arts or, or weapon arts or something like that. And those are mapped to your face button. So each of the face buttons does something different. You have a basic three or four combo that is mapped to R1. And you, you can like, and, and it's com- the combo system is completely open-ended. There is this very generous uh, arts gauge that every character has. And they all have their own, they all have their own gauge. So they're not sharing a gauge, which is good. And as you're out of combat, that gauge recharges quicker. 
if you're in combat, it still recharges, but the recharge is a little, uh, a little bit slower. So you're encouraged to bring characters in and out of combat, uh, particularly if they if they have combat arts that are particularly useful against whatever enemy you're fighting. And I really I really like that. Uh, like I started out, you you have the option to choose from any of the several characters that are in the game. I started with Law, who is this hand-to-hand kung fu uh, martial artist, and man, that dude! <laughs> I am just like you know jet leaning these big old dinosaur-looking things with <laughs> with my bare hands and feet. Just about. I mean, he's got these gaunt. He wears these gauntlets and these uh, like these uh, boot greaves, but you know you're punching stuff up in the air. Uh, doing these elemental attacks and then bringing the the enemy down to the ground and following that up with a with a critical hit or another weapon art and building up a gauge that will allow you to do a team attack. And what's neat about it is that you can you can group the members of the I think there's five members of their party. I want to say there's five. Uh, I think there's six. Six? Okay. Yeah. So there's six members in your party, and you can team them up as you see fit. So when it's time to do a team attack, you can have the you know the shield, the the, the gal with the shield and uh, the gal with the um, like the the rifle. Basically, if if AR-15s were made in the Middle Ages, that's kind of like what she has. You know, you can put group them together and have them do a, a group attack and. Or you can combine any number of members of your team into two-person into two-person group attacks, and the variations that you get is just really amazing. And of course, each character has multiple weapon arts, so you can select from different ones. Uh, this 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 is you know like I like to say this is definitely a show enough game. Like I have. Always, I've always kind of been interested in the Tales series, but for whatever reason, I never finished any of them. Like, I, t- I played a little yeah. bit of Tales of Berseria. I played a little bit of the one that came out before it. But same, <laughs> I just couldn't. I just, there was something that was just held holding me back from grabbing my interest, particularly since these games are typically very long. Agreed. I j- the the mechanics just couldn't hold me hold me in, but these mechanics got me got me got my got my nose open straight up. It is definitely my type of game, so I can't wait for Tales of Arise to come out. But there's another Tales game on Games Pass if you're interested. So I think what Tales of Vesperia Director's Cuts on there, I believe. So. I can't go back to one of those older games after playing this. I it it, it I just can't because <laughs> they 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 have polished that. This is what the mechanics of those Tales games is probably what they were aiming for, but for limitations in the hardware, you know, just bait, just uh, the evolution of the games from the from its from its beginnings to the next game to the next game to the next game. This is where that system like should should be. 
And for me to go back and play the older ones, particularly when they're when the stories, I think other than what is it? Tales two and three or one and two, only a couple of them are out the stories are linked. Arise is no is not even its own thing, connected. right? It's it's its own individual story. So no, I I, I can't go back and, and and play the and play those those older games because this system, the, these mechanics are just butter, just just straight butter. Well, I haven't um, downloaded, so I'm going to be playing it too. So you'll yeah. you'll you'll get my update about it next next time we record. It's on next show. So yeah, and and the last game that I've been playing is Final Fantasy Remake. Um, so I'm getting ready to take on my second uh, Shinra Reactor. Um, this game is is freaking fantastic, man. It is a crime against a crime against backlogs that it took me this long uh, to get around to playing this game. But I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I waited uh, to play this on PS5 with the uh, integrate upgrade, the 60 frames per second, the graphical improvements, all that stuff. This, this game is, is, butter it's it, it straight butter uh tifa's tifa's best girl uh if i can put on my weeb hat for a second <laughs> uh her combo system um her, her combos that she can do it's just absolutely ridiculous and i i at first i thought it was like, like cloud was the man it's like cloud is kind of like the the ryu of the game he can handle just like he's geared for for taking out just about anything but teeth when you're fighting it when you're dealing melee damage to singular enemies in which you're not necessarily surrounded by a big crowd uh her hand-to-hand combat arts are just devastating on single enemies like you're she's got these these like sugar ray leonard <laughs> jabs and she's Knocking things up into the air and following the, following them up with these uh, ridiculous uh, roundhouse kicks and bringing them back to the ground and then continuing the combo up in the air. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and Cloud, the the way they implement the um, the summon materia in this game is just beast. It, the you can the materia will can only be summoned during certain uh, combat scenarios, like you're fighting a uh, like a more difficult enemy or usually a boss or a sub-boss is when you're able to, to do the summon materia. I have the Ifrit, and the <laughs> when you bring the, uh, the summoned creatures out, in this case Ifrit, like they have, they, they have their own, they do their own thing. You don't really control them. But they share your action bar or your your combat your combat for lack of a better word that's not what they call it your combat arts meter. So instead of once it's filled by doing uh, by either blocking or executing attacks, instead of utilizing one of your combat arts, you can select the combat art of the um, of the summon creature. And like Ifrit is just. He's, he just basically sets off like these atomic blasts on stuff. It's like it's like I don't know how all y'all survived that, but 
I mean, this game is just absolutely fantastic. And so, like, um, uh, the, you can, like, you can be fighting one enemy, and when your combat art gauge is filled, you can execute your combat art on another nearby enemy. And that's kind of like what I did with the with Ifrit when I summoned him. Because, like, at the time that I was able to, I had one enemy staggered. And I, and I love the fact that they implement, uh, I know I'm going long with this, but this is like, these are like games that I'm just super hyped about. So my apologies for my blabbing on in this playlist section. Um, there, is, You can stagger uh, difficult enemies and once they're in that staggered state, you can you can actually switch your if you're using cloud, he can switch you can switch to what was called his Punisher stance, and all of his regular moves do like a, a bunch more damage. The only thing that you can't do in Punisher is evade or block. So once you e evade or block, it automatically takes you out of Punisher. So I usually reserve that for when I have an enemy staggered. But when I had uh, Ifrit on the battlefield, the enemy that I was fighting was staggered, but its partner was coming up uh, from the side, getting ready to attack me. So I called for one of Ifrit's combat arts, and he just set off this freaking nuke. <laughs> that was just like, I mean, the gra the gra these, you know. If you thought they, the the materia attacks in 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 final in the original Final Fantasy were were crazy, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. And this is just Ifrit. He's like one of the he's like literally the first one you get. We ain't even talking about Bahamut yet. I mean, I can't wait until until I get that that some materia. It's like this game is just like bananas bananas great. So. I can't say enough about those games. Um, I'm going to be playing. I'm, my 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 single player card is going to be is is filled. Um, I I have not picked up my copy of uh, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. I need to do that. Uh, but I I'm just I'm right now right now my place going my place filled. <laughs> it is filled, but but I got a fitting ghost in there somewhere because that's that is another crime against my backlog that needs to be addressed. But but sorry for that. That my don't apologize. No, it's, it's, all, it's all good. But uh, that's what your boy had been playing. So we're going to move on to our next topic on the docket, which is going to be the main event. So, Des, I'm passing the mic to you, brother. All righty. So, uh, <clears throat> thanks, Kev. So, for our main event, our question was, what is your opinion on demos, betas, and early access games? What are your, expect what are your expectations and opinions on all three types? Are you comfortable paying for basically a beta, uh, early access? Uh, let us know your views, thoughts, and we will read them on the podcast. So we got a pretty good, uh, we got a lot of um, uh, responses, and always great to see that. Um, at the end of the show, Kev will tell you how you can uh, respond to our questions. Uh, but the first uh, response that we got was from Ren on Discord, and he says, 
I think demos, betas, and early access games are perf- are a perfect way for devs to get good views and opinions on their game. And it's good for the community, too, to gauge their part on it, too. But the only time it really fails is when uh, devs get their feedback and choose not to include it or patch it in, like how Fallout 76 started. They didn't listen till they didn't li- listen till recently to fix that game, and when the c- community takes advantage of said demo slash beta slash early access and use something like Twitter to complain for no good reason. Uh, Alberto on Discord says. Real demos are good, especially when they carry over to the full game. I have no problem with betas as long as it's available to everyone. The pre-order betas usually gives me some red flags. I remember playing the demo for Dragon Age 2, and I was so glad because once I was done playing it, I immediately canceled my pre-order. <laughs> oh! oh, I actually have to respond to that, Alberto. How could you? Like, I loved Dragon Age 2. But anyway, besides that's beside the point. Uh, but yeah, I think both of them, um, have started off really strong in this conversation. Uh, Rin is saying when, when they actually don't, uh, when the beta is actually used properly and the the devs can actually look and see what's going on with the game and then make adjustments or changes, you know, fantastic. But if you don't do it, it's like, why even call it a beta, you know, um, or, or, I mean, at, at that point, it's more of a demo because it seems like, you know, you really have to define what these three things are. To my opinion, and please, you know, let me know your guys' opinion as well. A demo is a preview of the game that you're going to purchase. Like, everything's there. It might be something to, you know, test servers if it's a live service because now everything or or, or, or it's going to be online because not everything seems to be online. So that's how I think of a demo. A beta, a beta is sort of like this is an early look at the game. And and uh we're still we can still implement bug fixes, things that, that could possibly go wrong, balancing issues, and stuff like that. And early access now to me is like paid betas. Early access to me is 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 like the the, the developer or the creator is saying, "Hey, look, we need a little bit more funding in order to finish this project, so we're going to give you early access to it for a cost." So for me, early access is just paid betas. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the, on those three definitions that I gave? Um, I would say that. Well, you see, the the industry has has murk has made those distinct definitions so murky. Yep. Like they'll call they'll call what is obviously uh, a beta a demo, and and, and vice versa. It, it, it's like it, here's kind of like the way I look at it. Um, I'm not a fan of early access stuff when you are required to pay pay money to try out a game that I don't understand that. Um, Now it may be one thing if you are already subscribed to a service like game pass. uh, I think uh, left, uh, not left for dead, but dead back for blood is in early access. Even though you're technically, you're, you're technically not paying for it, quote unquote, because you're a game pass subscriber. 
so you still have access to the game. But in essence, you're still paying for it because it's on the service almost as if it's a it's a complete a complete title. But they're using this to test things out and make sure the net code is 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 all correct and everything. I, things like that murky the water. When I think of demos, I think I have to go back to the back way back 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 in the day when you had those. Uh, I had a subscription to PlayStation Underground. So when the original PlayStation, I think they had that during PS2 as well. I'm, I might be mistaken, but no, they did. They did. Uh, yeah. And even in some of the magazines that came out at the time, the magazines that were, you know, they were often more expensive than the traditional ones, but a lot of them had demo discs in them. And they were just these slices of games that you may be interested in. Because again, you know, the internet was not necessarily as uh, uh, accessible uh, back back in those days as it is it is now so if i'm interested if i was interested in um you know super monkey ball or interested in playing black uh for those who remember that first person shooter back in the ex- original xbox days uh there were demos for that for those games like for god the when the first god of war was getting ready to drop uh, God of War 2 was getting ready to drop. Those games had, they were on demo discs. And it it was a way to build up hype and see what, you know, kind of gets you really excited for the final copy of the game. That's what, that's what my basis is for a demo that's on, on uh, you know, in PlayStation Store or Xbox Store. A beta is a perfect example of of what a beta should be is like what they did with guilty gear before it launched they're testing net code they're they wanted feedback from people playing online you know what's your experience you know where can we make these uh initial character roster balances before the game comes out you know that type of thing where you're where the developer is collecting data and actually using the feedback they're getting uh, to make the launch product better, you know, just like what Ren was talking about, you know that that's how that's how I base I base that base these on. So when they when they mix things up and they want to call a demo uh, a beta and a beta a demo, it's like you know you gotta you gotta keep your you gotta keep your your definitions clearer than that. And that's why I go back to the those original concepts. Yeah, I'm assuming they sound sound. So uh, what are your thoughts, Joe? Uh, for me, uh, just being a game fan of video games for a while, I mean, you just got to kind of get a feel for what the demo slash beta slash alpha is going to be when you play it. You know, I think what they really should do is start using the term alpha a little bit more because like, you know, like, uh, you know, Square Enix and the team that is responsible for like, bravely bravely default to an octopath traveler they commonly have brought out like certain games like way ahead of time and asked for feedback from the community on there and i appreciate those demos because it gives me an idea as far as uh where they're taking their uh, approach with their next game and it's kind of cool to 
be able to give feedback if need be. I know what Project Triangle Strategy just was released, I think, uh, last year after E3, the alpha uh, was released for that, and people got a chance to try it out and provide feedback then from there. Uh, to, to me, an alpha and then the beta, the beta is like almost like, you know, you're about 70% done with the project. You are trying to get to the end result. You know, you're trying to, you know, hash out bugs. You're trying to, uh, you know, get any multiplayer components like tested out and so on and so forth. To me, a demo should be after the game is like almost complete or ready to come out. Like you, you just recently played Ultra Age, Kev, and that game's going to be out in a couple of weeks. It's pretty much done, you know, right now. Mm. So that's why they brought the demo out, you know. And a demo is like almost like you get to try the game out prior to plunking your money down uh, and then be able to do it. And it's always interesting too because you got to kind of get a feel for where the project's at when you're playing it. Uh, you know, we haven't gone to a trade show in a while, but if you go to a PAX or if you go over to uh, like a PSX or, you know, E3 or whatnot, you want kind of want to ask the people running the booth, okay, where is this at? Is this like uh, how complete is this? You know, so on and so forth. And they should make sure that, you know, if they say it's a demo, it should be almost complete. You know, it should be like close to the end. It should be like 95, 98% complete. Agreed. Alpha should be like, you know, the first like 30, maybe 35% complete, you know, like almost like a, like a, what they call, I think what the term is, uh, like a vertical slice, I think is what the term, even though how vague that is, who, who the hell knows. Yeah. What the hell is a vertical, vertical slice of a video game? Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they've used that term before. I've heard it where they basically is just like, they're working the game from, you know, start of the game to the end of the game. And then they just basically go in and take a slice out of the middle and make that the demo or the beta or the alpha or whatever you want to call it. So like we're just called the slice of the game. It's like it's a vertical slice. Well, I want a horizontal slice of that game. What does that look like? I want a quarter slice. <laughs> just give me a little piece off the end. Yeah. I want a nugget. I just want the crust. Give me the crust of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definition of vertical slice, according to Wikipedia, is a portion oh. of the game that acts as a proof of concept for stakeholders before they agree to fund the rest on there. So they basically, it's like almost like a, a slice of the game that they use as a proof of concept uh, when they're trying to drum up and getting some uh, of that, you know, investment loot. <laughs> when they're that trying sounds to like something the gamer wouldn't even necessarily see that yeah. sounds like something you take to the boardroom it's like okay you know i'm i'm sitting in front of you know uh ryan and uh, shuhei yoshida and this is my game that i have you know that's what that sounds like and it's you know a couple minutes of the the gameplay that i have in mind and seeing what they say that doesn't even sound like something that your end user would even really be seeing yet they they use that term yeah. <laughs> for stuff My, that's on uh, another that's definition cool. states a vertical slice is a fully playable portion of a game that shows its developers intended player experience so all the yeah, key features and systems are working yeah, together both. you know yeah. because i think i think some of that stuff is is what we're seeing when we go to like trade shows like joe was saying and so what we're playing at a trade show could be this kind of vertical slice of a of a more complete version of the game knowing that a lot of the game is still work is, is still 
like not working. I also think yeah. that that's that's and those could be those those really uh, super high polished, you know, uh, PC graphics type type, you know, demos or whatever they're showing people uh, for like the news outlets and stuff. <laughs> Cyberpunk, but it's not really you know indicative <laughs> of the game, you know. <laughs> You're really gonna play <coughs> Anthem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I think these are some of the some of the things that were that that we're talking about. So, Critical Chase on Discord uh, says demos are fine. I don't really play them as as much these days with the extensive coverage of games through the internet. This is true. Uh, betas are fine as well, but I do hate that game companies will use a beta as more of a demo, and gamers will in turn treat them as such and may get turned off of a game because of a beta. That brings in the best uh, that brings in the best of these early access because you cannot find any bugs or test everything to the level of an early access release with a weekend closed beta. My favorite game of the year uh, isn't out yet, Valheim, and I would not have known how amazing that game was if it wasn't for its 20 buck early access. People do complain about uh, games needing to be patched or out of the box or quote-unquote shipping broken, but we are actually very lucky that a game that isn't what it could be at launch can be patched at all. Uh, back in the day, we would be stuck with a broken game. That's true, because you you can't patch a cartridge. In the PS2 era, if a game sold enough, it would get released as a greater greater. <clears throat> Great, uh, greatest hits edition for 20 bucks with fixes to known bugs and added content but only if it's sold enough it's a good thing now fix it now fix marvel's avengers because that game is trash at the moment mm. <laughs> gerald on discord says demos i used <clears throat> demos i used to play all the time uh it was kind of the best way to check out a game you were interested in but now we have the internet, and it's just as easier to research any game. Uh, now, as far as betas and early access games are concerned, I, un I understand that they can be important as far as community feedback. I guess depending on the developer, but I don't personally like to play them. I guess I would rather just uh, play my backlog of games that I have rather than play a demo or beta or early access game that I might buy or not buy in the end. Now that Now that being said, I will try a demo out once in a in a while, like these. Like for example, the most recent demo I tried was Marvel's Avengers on Steam, and it was good. I enjoy what I played, and I bought the game on PS5. Really? Ooh, I'll, see now I want to hear your thoughts about about um, Avengers, uh, Gerald. So I can't wait to hear your your thoughts on Avengers, especially if you play the demo on Steam. So, but but I think. I think you have a, a a super broad mind about games. So, you know, playing uh, Fallout 76 and all. So, so John BT on Discord says, in the old days of playing, a, in, in the old days, I played a ton of PC demos. I remember very well when my friend and I got a copy of the original Doom demo. I stayed over at his place and uh, and that weekend we likely never stopped taking turns playing those couples, those couple levels. Now I'll play a demo now and then when I want to try the uh, the gameplay of something. The Monster Hunter Rise demo gave me enough feel for the game that I knew I'd buy it, even if it was just a portion of the actual game. I like the new trend of pro uh, progress on a demo moving over to the real game. So do I, actually. 
Outriders was a good example where I played the demo a lot and felt that and felt that had I bought it, uh, that work would not have uh, been wasted. I didn't actually buy it in the end, though, because of Rise hitting around the same time. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, to to kind of piggyback on, on what they're saying, it really depends on the intention of the de- the, the developer um, and what they're trying to do. Like, are they trying to really uh, genuinely get um, actual feedback or review, uh, feedback for their game, or is it just to drum up business? Um, I do think that... Um, these terms, like like uh, Joe was saying, get kind of swapped around a lot together. Um, and I think as consumers, we really need to ask ourselves, like, what exactly am I am I playing? Am I playing a demo in which um, this is the game that I'm going to be getting, uh, a portion of the game uh, of, of what I'm getting, or is this a beta, meaning uh, this game will be out for months? And I'm just playing to to kind of help bug test for them, or am I playing a an a um, an early access game, which basically and this is the weird thing about it. It seems like there's also timing involved uh, involved with this, in that like a demo usually to me speaks that this game is going to be coming out within like a month or two, like really fast turnaround time for this demo, i.e. Diablo two, uh, and then there's uh, a uh, a beta in which the game will be coming out maybe in about five months or so. We we have to put a little bit of you know uh, checks in to see what's going on a little bit, uh, maybe to check the strength of the servers, <clears throat> if we can have a lot of people on it, if it's going to crash, stuff like that. And then there's early access, whereas you don't know when the game is going to come out, um, and you're just paying for the opportunity to play what they have so far and then possibly give feedback although i do know that or at least some of the people that i watch on um the streamers that i watch on youtube um when they get demo packages or 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 early access packages the uh the developers really at least this is their this is what what they're saying you know uh they're really receptive to uh, feedback on how to make their game better. So I don't know. It's it's a it's a tricky thing, um, and I think it's really up to us, unfortunately, as consumers, to be more savvy when we are uh, when we see a game as a as a demo. Um, and I have to echo uh, what um, I have to echo what uh, John B was saying about uh, demo progress carrying over or getting something special for playing the demo. I think that's really cool, especially if it's given to you and you didn't have to pay to get access to the demo. Um, so uh, so that's pretty much it. I wanted to see if either of you uh, had any other things that you wanted to add uh, to this uh, main event before we move on. Uh, for uh, me... Oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, just for me, just I, I enjoy, like you stated having demos that carry over progress, uh, early access. I don't mind depending on the game and depending on the genre. Sometimes I will keep an eye on the game, see where it's at, see if it's going to go to its 1.0 release. You know, I know that in the past I have sometimes have purchased early access and thought that, you know, for whatever reason that 
I kind of given up on the game. Like one of the games in question was a game that we actually played once it finally came out, but I was all in on the early access for Wreckfest. And in fact, I think I showed it to you, Kevin, at my old house, you know, one time on my PC. Yeah, and I we played that. around with it and I thought it was good as a proof of concept, but there wasn't a lot of meat to it at the time. And, uh, and that that particular early access game spent years in gestation before they finally uh, came out with the full game and proper. I think they wound up getting financing to finish it. You know, otherwise it was kind of a, a fool's kind of endeavor for me to actually. I'm glad they actually got brought the game to market on there. And it seems like some other early access games they get so popular on Steam that it's almost like you're better off buying them uh, in early access because of the fact that they usually will raise the price once it goes to the 1.0 version on there. So, yeah, I, I love the iterative, like, uh, kind of development some of these games take on because, you know, you could definitely go on their Discord, you could leave feedback and so on and so forth. Now, another thing I've kind of been enjoying in the last, like, a year or two with demos is that there's been uh, some initiative to do like a like a demo fest on there like so i think we talked about this before where uh like on steam for their steam summer sale they brought a little demo fest in in correlation with jeff Keeley's summer games fest uh, brought forth where they had like you know you know demos betas alphas whatever you want to call it of a bunch of different games that you know they want to call attention to and you know i think during those events it's kind of cool because it kind of gives me almost like a trade show type feeling like if i'm at a pax or um if i'm at a psx where i'm just going from booth to booth and trying different stuff and checking certain games out kind of bringing that feeling but you know putting in the comfort of your own home, you know, where I don't have to wait to, you know, touch a controller that's been touched on by 10 million other people and getting the PAX box and all that stuff on there. So, real. so yeah. And so I, I hope that they continue to do these little like demo festivals and uh, they'd be able to focus on some games that maybe don't get a, as much attention, you know, on there so and just make sure if at all possible that demos can carry over to the main game yeah i'm grateful for also services like i hate to say xbox games pass because you know it's almost like it's almost like a demo in itself you know i get to try full games but in in the same hand you know you flip the coin and you say well this is this game really complete or is it just something that they brought out to satisfy the requirements for the service too so it just gets into another discussion as well <laughs> so yeah what do, what, what do you have to say kev so i, I kind of wanted uh to, res- to respond to something that crucial crucial chase said i i'm i'm in agreement with you i love the fact that Patches can be brought out post-launch to address certain things, but uh, I'm sorry, man. I just do not feel that that's an excuse to bring out a game that ain't ready for prime time. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's not. Um, back in the day, <laughs> and I'm going way, way back in the day, like Atari 2600 in television, you the only way the 
the the only way you knew you'd be interested in the game is if you saw it in the Sears in the back of the Sears catalog, and you know you were looking at. They weren't even screenshots; they were artist renditions of what they were told the game was going to look like. So there was no guarantee. There was no guarantee that the game screen that you saw in that Sears Roebuck catalog was even going to look like the game that you wound up mm-hmm. bringing home. That's this- why uh, Godshocks and like <laughs> um, Gemco, you know, where anywhere they had like actual system set up was a godsend. Back it was, then. it was, and you could you could ask to to play to for them to put in any game that they had in stock, they would open it up and put it in and let you, and let you play it. Um, so <laughs> that, that indeed was a godsend, but at the same time, man, it's like you didn't get broken games either. I mean, there were probably, I can, there were probably some, there's probably some bugs that existed on some, you know, maybe some PS one or PS two games or something like that. But for the life of me, man, I can't remember. I can't remember one. I, I honestly can't. And it's oh. because they had to make sure that those games freaking worked before they put them out. Because there was no way to patch them. But now we're getting, we're, and that that's a whole that leads to a whole other discussion about influencers and you know your your game chair mafia crew that they get these games that ain't nowhere near ready for prime time, but they're telling everybody to get hype for them because they can be patched post launch and that type of stuff. That, that type of stuff just does not fly with, does not fly with me. Am I gr- glad that the tech exists for these games to issues to be addressed post launch? Absolutely. But I just do not feel that it's, it's an excuse to put out shoddy work. Mm-hmm. All right then. Um, One thing I was going to add too, back yeah. in the day, that they brought out some crap on a cart. You know, me and Kev could probably attest Donkey Kong on the Intellivision and on the 2600. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Pac Man that... on the 2600, passable garbage. You know, yeah. ET on the 2600. That's why they're in the landfill, y'all. So, I mean, I'm grateful that. <laughs> But I'm convinced that those games, like Donkey Kong, was purposely made trash because Coleco also had their own console they wanted to sell you on. Uh, I am I am a hundred and ten percent convinced of that. There's because there is a um, uh, a homebrew version of Donkey Kong that is playable on Intellivision hardware that looks infinitely better <laughs> than the one that Coleco released and you can and there you no same same chipsets being used same tech being used and it looks infinitely better than the crap than the hot trash that Coleco released now, i am convinced that they was just trying to make oh man i I want Donkey Kong, but man, look at the Coleco Vision, man. And, and by the way, I love Coleco Vision. So that 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 marketing worked <laughs> worked on me <laughs> because mm. I was able to get my parents to buy me one. But uh, that was that was that was that was that was that was dirty. That was low low dirty. That was low down dirty. I there's no way that you can convince me that Coleco didn't willfully put out a subpar game to make their pack-in 
Donkey Kong with ColecoVision look so much better. <laughs> so, so do you think if we had a demo for that for Donkey Kong, it would have been better? Oh, it never would have been a. There never would have been a demo. There never would have been a demo. If they're going to put a demo out, it would have just been the Coleco, the ColecoVision version. The purpose of that was to show, was to sh- was to convince kids to tell their parents to go out and spend another two fifty, three hundred, however much the ColecoVision was when it launched. So that they can get the bring the arcade home because that was their that was their motto. The ColecoVision was known for their arcade ports back in the day, and damned if that didn't work at least for me, because when I when I, when I saw that Donkey Kong on television and I saw them our your vision is our vision ColecoVision commercials and they had Donkey Kong running on there. When I was watching Starcade or whatever Saturday morning cartoon I was watching back in the day, man, forget it. Oh, this is trash. I need to get that Coleco fish. Mm. No, nah, well, how I handled it, the 2600 version of Donkey Kong, back then, uh, uh, you were able to take back games even after they were open. And so Montgomery Ward's got that Donkey Kong Atari 2600 version and we got our money back and you know i think six months later i think i wound up getting a ColecoVision after my dad returned atari 2600 <laughs> to the store and getting like 200 bucks back after we had it for a couple of years so wow <laughs> see i was sounds like give, i wasn't ready to give up my intellivision there, there there was no there wasn't any way i was i was blessed to have had parents who had were able to have that disposable income and also blessed to have parents that were so terrified of me doing drugs that they would just, you know, buy me video games just to. <laughs> just oh, to my keep parents me would buy me video games it. too, uh, but we would, but, you know, take advantage of return policies. Yeah, I, I was, I, I wasn't about. I get me to. You know, I have to give up Night Stalker. Nah. Mm-mm. I got to give up Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Nah. <laughs> no. All right. So I think that was a pretty good discussion. Thank you to everyone who participated um, in our main event. Uh, again, stay tuned uh, towards the end of the show during our contact session, our section, and uh, Kev will let you know how you too uh, can uh, answer our questions and learn what the question is. Well, we're going to tell you the question. The next question is right now. But uh, for our next question, and this is something that Joe's going to talk about in the news, but I figured this was a really good uh, conversation uh, or a really good question. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Halo Infinite releasing without key features? Is this okay, or is it ultimately a bad move? So, um, like I said before, Kev will let you know uh, how you can um, join uh, the conversation in our concept in our contact section. So, uh, that's about it for me. So, I'm gonna send it back over to Kevin. All right, all right, and again, a special shout out to everybody who responded to our main event question and our next topic on our docket is going to be the news trader joe you got the mic all right thanks kev yeah um since desmond mentioned this in the main event i'm gonna go and lead off with uh the news about halo infinite so Uh, 343 Industries confirmed in a development update that Halo Infinite will not have campaign co-op at launch, nor its Forge map-making mode. 
on there. Um, they basically stated that it, the team is focusing, focusing on providing a quote unquote quality experience for launch. Um, the quote says, unfortunately, as we focus the team for shutdown and really focused on a quality experience for launch, we made the really tough decision to delay shipping campaign co-op for launch on there. This is from the uh, Halo Infinite creative director, Joseph Staten. And we also made the tough call to delay shipping Forge Pass launch as well on there. So despite the delay on the campaign co-op, the Halo Infinite will obviously have a full multiplayer mode, uh, which also is going to be offered as a free-to-play option for all Windows PC and Xbox Series X owners on there. I'm assuming also for Xbox One X and S owners as well. Uh, the campaign co-op will eventually be added as a post-launch update in their Season 2 roster. Three months after release, Forge is set to be released six months after launch as part of their Season 3 offerings on there. So, uh, of course, they made a statement, our, our number one quality is making sure whenever we ship, uh, whatever we ship, that it meets the right quality bar across all platforms, Xbox devices, PC, and all the different configurations. Because they got left with a bum deal having to develop for Xbox One, but that's me saying. As an aside, uh, when we looked at these two experiences, Campaign Co-op and Forge, we made the determination they're just not ready. Um, as a studio, we do not want to ship things if they're not ready so people can play <laughs> them, have fun, have a nice, stable performant experience. Performant? What the hell does that mean? But Okay. <laughs> so we're going to keep uh, Campaign Co-op and Forge in the oven for a little bit longer, and then when they're ready, we're going to release them as part of our seasonal roadmap next year on there. So that's part of their whole statement about this. I'm not a big Halo guy, so... I know from talking and seeing the responses that co-op is like a mainstay of the Halo series, being able to play this game, uh, campaign co-op with your friends on there. Uh, it's not really uh, breaking my expectations because I'm an open book. I have no expectations for Halo Infinite other than it's going to be available on Games Pass and I'll be able to try it. I know Kev might have some expectations as far as if Craig's going to come in all nice and polished looking or not, but you, know, you might want to comment then from there. But uh, yeah, I think for Halo fans, this is like kind of a, for some, I saw some bitter beer faces on the internets, of course, because why wouldn't it be? Because it is the internets, but <laughs> what what do you guys think about it? I'll let Kevin go first. Um, so I was, I, I misread the Polygon article. Because I was under the impression that there wasn't going to be a single-player campaign at all initially. They, they had worded that a little bit poorly. Uh, but after looking at it and seeing what the actual state of the game is going to be, they need to delay this damn game. They need, they need to. Uh, Forge, I think, is completely acceptable. And at first I was thinking, because I had mentioned that, you know, okay, so... If co-op is not going to be in there, okay, that's a stretch. But Forge is not going to be, that's completely understandable because particularly if they're going to be using some, doing some unique things and kind of bringing people into the next stage of what Forge is going to be. Because completely understandable. But the more I thought about it, 
co-op really is an important aspect of Halo. Like yeah. I'm I'm currently going through the Master Chief collection. I don't, I haven't been playing it a lot lately. I've been playing um I'm starting with Fall of Reach and just kind of working my way through the collection. And Reach, uh, Halo 2, um, I don't really re- I don't really recall about 3 and 4, but particularly 5. I mean, Halo 5, you were working with a squad of folks. I mean, co-op has been an integral part of this game for a long, for a big chunk of its series, okay? And here's the thing. People will disagree and people will say that's just it's just fanboy wars talk. But Halo needs to knock it out of the park. Agreed. It really does. It's being it had uh, since 343 has taken over uh, since Bungie left the Microsoft uh, umbrella of studios and went on and done, did their own thing. 343 has been drugged by Halo fans. Okay. Halo fans, I mean the people that have been with this series since day one, um, which is not me, by the way. I mean, I I, I didn't get Halo the uh, combat evolved until well into the original Xbox uh uh Xbox uh life cycle. Um, I I did buy Halo 2 at launch, but I didn't get Combat Evolved until way down the line. Um, this has to knock it out of the park because your core fan base does not like the direction that 343 has taken this series. And they need to see, they need to prove that the Halo franchise is in good hands. You've got new hardware, world's most powerful console, 12 T flops. Even though you got to develop for the Xbox One, and I'm in agreement with 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 you, Joe, that is a millstone. Whenever you got to develop for it, keep your prior gen hardware in mind. You're holding back your current gen heart of uh, what can be done on your current gen. There, there's just just no no two ways about it. This has to knock it out of the park. And for it to knock it out of the park, you have to at least have those core elements that Halo, that your core Halo fans have come to expect. And if it doesn't, just delay the freaking game. I mean, you launched hardware without any exclusives. So, I, I mean, I would rather have, I would rather have a stellar Halo. If I'm if I am a, an Xbox Halo super fan, I would rather have a stellar Halo Infinite than a piecemealed experience. Because again, this and I think we, the, you could probably make a case that this is part of the Game Pass problem it, that this service kind of makes things like this okay, you know. You know, put out your piecemeal your piecemeal your game out and just kind of put it out there, put it out there, put it out there. And because your your customer base is already subscribed to your service, they'll just be there when you get around to it. I this really needs to be stellar. I honestly, be, I honestly believe that uh, the 
there's just too many Halo fans. You know, take take my opinion of Halo out of it. The Halo fans, the, the cats that were there literally since day one, have been not been happy with 343. And uh, this is just, I, I 100% agree with you, Kevin. This is, this is why games as a service for me, it goes back to the Avengers and this games as a service. And just, I mean, it's just, wasn't this game supposed to be coming out this, this past year or this year? It was year? supposed to launch with the series S and X. See, and how can you then, like, this is just so, like, I'm, I'm not really that big of an X, an X, an X fanboy or anything like that, whatever you want to call them. But even me, like, I feel really like, like, what were they expecting this experience to be if, if they're like, have to really come back and say, oh, we really got to take it out or, or we really got to postpone it now. And this thing is not going to be on it. And this thing is not going to be on it. It's like, what were they doing? Like I've been in development for six years, five or six years. I'm just like, I am really like beside myself. It's like this should. Like this is some red flags right here about 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 the quality of this of this work. It's like weren't y'all supposed to have this out like a while ago and like and weren't y'all supposed to be like and and parts of it aren't even ready to 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 go? Like was this their plan the whole time just to just to release this, you know, in some kind of way and then fix it a la Cyberpunk or or, or 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 just give them the bare minimum, and then and then and then feed drip them stuff a la Avengers and like this is the stuff that I'm talking about that we need to be like hyper vigilant about like this is not okay, it, and and this is supposed to be a huge franchise you know just like you know Marvel's Avengers was and 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 the, it, they just. And this is supposed to be okay. We're supposed to be okay with this. Like we're consumers here. Uh, like miss, I'm miss, surprised. Yeah, mismanagement at the yeah, yeah. You could say working from home and COVID and pandemic all you want. Not this is not been, just a. It's not just a pandemic. But not if it's been in in. But not if it's been in for like six years, you know. And and they've been trying to do this stuff for 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 as long as they have been. I mean, this is just like wow. I am. I don't want to say that I'm shocked, but I am really saddened by this as, as just, as just a game, a, a, a person who, who loves games and plays them. It's just, this is, this is bad. Like, this is just bad business. This is just bad on a number of levels. And I'm just like, okay. Um, and we're supposed to be like, okay, you know, this, well, and, and then, and then the saddest thing is, is, is now we can look back and say, well, you know, at least at least they're, you know, taking taking the opportunity and 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 put it back in and bake it till it's ready. It's like, then then why are you talking about this stuff if you know that it's not that, that it's nowhere near being ready? It's just, just delay it. Yeah, just I just delay it. I just don't get it. I just do not get it. And it's just even sadder. Ugh. Like, I don't know what to do. It's just like I really want to like just just not say it and just just like just allow it to be what it is but uh it's just it's just so sad when when i read that 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 these key features were not coming in and 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 we're just supposed to be okay with this this is not cool this is not cool 
not cool. But you're not paying for it, Des. It's on Game Pass. Remember that. <laughs> that should game that. Game Pass no, is but... Game Pass is is it's like Game Pass is the holy water of the gaming industry. It absolves all sins. <laughs> I was going to get on Games Pass anyway. I guess it's fine. No, no, no. Well, the, this game's on its third creative director. That should kind of tell you something, you know, so. Mm. But I agree with you, Kevin. This needs to be a hit, a hit, given all the craziness that's going on right now. Like, this needs to be a hit because mm. I can't, I can't see it being anything like anything less than than stellar. Well, I guess I don't really care if it's a hit or not because because the it, it is entitled to sell a service. So so if if on the day it if on the day that 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 Halo is released, if if the purchase of Games Pass ticks up, they're going to look at it as a success regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. And that's sad. I mean, this could just be a title screen. And they'll just tell you, we'll just, we'll just give you the game later on. If it means that they've got a few more Game Pass subscribers. Hey, man, I can I don't have a game, but boy, I got this dope-ass title screen that looks real. I can't wait to play this game because yeah. I'm not buying this game anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, Dope-ass title they screen. will look at it. They will look at it as a success, more engagement, more, and it just means that games... This is just another level, another opportunity to put incomplete trash out. Yep. Well, let's let's hope the campaign and the multiplayer are banging at least, and we'll see. You know, let's let's keep keep hope alive. We'll see once it comes out. You know. I mean, I'm not playing it. You know, personally, I'm not playing it. I was never into Halo. I don't really don't have a dog in this race, except for except just except for my 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 love of gaming. So it's like, so I'm like, hey. Like I, I just feel for for Xbox fans because this shit sucks. Well, uh, let's let's hope what they do bring out once it is released. There's no release date yet for it, but I'm just hoping that it does hit good on there. And uh, you know, I'm interested, but not to where if it's crap, I'm gonna like have my feelings hurt or something. That's where I'm at right now with this on here. To me, to me, it's just another game where. I, I'm not going to go out and pay 60 bucks for it right now. Or if I'm going to pay for it, I'll get it on a sale or something, you know. Uh, if that free-to-play multiplayer is pretty pretty good, then we'll have to, you know, take a look from there. And I know you, neither of you two are going to even touch the multiplayer on this one. No, I have zero Hell interest no. in that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Zero but, interest in that. And I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing that is really concerning because – there are a lot of Halo fans. I see them on the internet. I'm a casual. I mean, I prefer Gears over Halo, but I'm a casual. I mean, I, I'm a casual fan of the series. I'm playing, like I said, I'm playing through it on uh, uh, the Master Chief Collection. There's a lot of Halo fans that got into it because of the story. And in with some of the later titles because they're able to jump in with a with a group of friends and play it through the campaign, and play it together. Multiplayer was secondary to a lot of their fan base. Obviously, the majority of their fan base is going to be tuned into the multiplayer, and that's fine. But to basically throw those cats under the bus, you know, I 
because you because it's, that aspect isn't ready yet, so we're just going to give you the single player and the multiplayer. No, it, it, this again, I have to say, this game has to knock it out of the park. As, as the kids say, Xbox needs a dub. They need a dub, and you know all these Pringles chips and Doritos and Mountain Dews with Master Chief picture on them. It was because this console or these consoles were was supposed to launch with Halo Infinite. That didn't happen. So okay, you missed you missed that window. Why are you willing to put out a subpar product? Now, Forge, I can understand. I, I, I'm cool. A lot of people would argue with me on Forge. I'm cool with Forge not being part of it. Because especially if they're trying to do something different or bring Forge up to the next level, utilizing the the uh, the power of this new heart of this new hardware. But the co-op is come on, man. If it's not, if that's not in there, then just delay the game until it's ready so you can put out a stellar product. That's, a, that's that's just how I look at it. Got it. All right. So other news this week. Um, it wasn't really a uh, closely kept secret uh, with QuakeCon coming up, but id Software uh, did announce and release the 25th anniversary of Quake on there. So uh, so Quake came out uh, enhanced from remaster from Night Dive Studios. And is out now for PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and also for the Switch on here. So, and this was announced during QuakeCon's opening live stream session on there. It, it's a newly enhanced version of Quake, which includes visual improvements, online and local split screen multiplayer, plus a wealth of additional content. The people who purchased this uh, will receive the original Quake, its two official expansions, The Scourge of uh, Armageddon and Dissolution of Eternity. Those both sound metal as all get out on there. Uh, yeah. And plus also two expansions created by Wolfenstein, the New Order developer Machine Games. There's Dimensions of the Past and the all-new Dimensions of the Machine on here. So additionally, mods are supported on PC, while console players will be able to enjoy a selection of curated mods uh, at a later date on here. So the game did come out this past Thursday on the uh, August 19th on there. It is out um, available on Steam and Bethesda.net on PC, um, as well as Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. Uh, the retelling for all the different versions is $9.99 at the moment. Um, right now, as far as... Uh, Enhancements, uh, it does have widescreen and up to 4K resolution on compatible platforms, and they have enhanced models, dynamic lighting, anti-aliasing, depth of field, and more graphical enhancements. There's also going to be a free update to both Xbox uh, Series X and S and PlayStation 5, which will have a 4K 120 frames per second mode on there. And last but not least, it is available because of, you know, Microsoft and Bethesda uh, being one uh, is on Xbox Games Pass as well on here. And it is available right now on uh, Xbox Games Pass for both console and uh, for PC on there. They also released the original versions of Quake 2 and Quake Arena on Xbox Games Pass for PC as well. So 
And it's kind of raised my eyebrow a bit for me personally because I enjoyed the port of Quake I got on the Sega Saturn back in the day. I uh, played it quite a bit on there, and that kind of got me back into FPS gaming a bit back then. Uh, that's kind of led me into uh, getting a PC and playing a lot of Unreal Tournament. And uh, I played the hell out of Quake 2 and also Quake 3 Arena as well so i did get this downloaded on my xbox series x since it's part of games pass um uh, what are you guys's feelings on quake you have any experience playing the original back in the day or have any desire to dive into this at all i will not be diving into it <laughs> sorry i'm not a I'm not a huge quake fan but gotcha um but yeah more power to you happy anniversary quake i guess or birthday or whatever yeah, yeah. You know, it might even be worth buying on the PlayStation. Ten bucks. I mean, what can you say? I'll uh, check it out. I know, Kevin, you said you haven't really played a lot of Quake, right? No, I I played a little bit of it uh, hanging out with Damon on his computer back in the day. I mean, it was it was okay. Um, if I do check it out, it, it it would be it would be on Game Pass. I mean, I I will say that ten bucks seems pretty reasonable with all the upgrades that they did to it so um i think that's a boon for quake fans so i think that's good yeah one thing too that it's not in this news story but i found out is that uh, they also have included the uh quake 64 version on this that you could select from the menu and play on there so you could actually play the nintendo 64 version of quake Wow. Switch on there. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's so, great, I guess. Yeah. I've never played it because back then, um, me and the uh, N64, I looked at the N64 as trash back in the day. So, wow. Uh, sh- sure as hell, I'm not going to buy a, a, a PC port on cartridge for $80 because just because I want to play it on my N64 with that. Uh, crappy three prong like uh, doodad pad <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I, I i seriously i have no love for n64 i think nintendo went from uh the great system known as super nintendo and basically shit the bed so <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> there's some good games mind you i mean all the nintendo developed games but you know in comparison both the saturn and the playstation really kicked its ass in that gen in my opinion so you know i'm i I wasn't an eight-year-old kid at the time it came out i was in my late 20s so god forbid i'm old you know so when did you become so sour joe (laughs) who knows but all right next news story as a game that series that we've uh, known and love in the past uh, of course, this is uh, Saints Row and uh, THQ Nordic and the developer Vol- Volition on here. So there is a teaser that just came out this week, courtesy of you. You know him and you love him, Mr. Jeff Keeley, Mr. Dorito Pope himself on here. So he shared some interesting, intriguing art on Twitter as a heavily graffitied wall adorned with the word rebooting and the Saints beloved uh emblem on there as well so we've talked about that they've been working on this for quite a bit of time the last numbered saints row game came out in 2013 
on here and obviously gamescom and jeff keely's uh opening night live is coming up on the 25th of august on there so that will be uh for for you folks <laughs> that maybe don't work during the day it's going to be available uh or be able f uh to view at 2 p.m during the day on august 25th 11 a.m pacific time on there so we'll have to take a look but more than likely we'll get to see a rebooted saints row so we'll have to see what's your guys' hope and expectations i know after agents of mayhem you know we just want to see them knock it out the park we talk about knocking out the park with halo <laughs> what do you guys think about with saints row um i hope they just don't i mean i hope part of them part of me wants them to go back to the go back to the um the flow of what it was before, but at the same time, I know that that's probably not a good thing. Uh, they would need to really reinvigorate um, what's going on because I don't know. At the moment, the last couple ones were uh, were just okay, but the the main thing is the um, uh, it's got to be better than the last couple of games, you know. So I'm not surprised that uh we're getting a new a reboot of saints row i just hope that it's it's better than um what it was before because oof, you didn't like rough. what get out of hell and like saints row 4 like with the whole president's thing and no see crack, crack, crackdown-esque no i thought that they completely lost jumped lost the, uh, the way and jumped the shark and all those other euphemisms we can say i think it completely just like went the way of the dodo i have no idea what was going on in some of those games you know and i played them like i was i was all about saints row um but after a while there even i couldn't sit back and stomach what was going on because it was just so like what are you doing you know just, what was the last good one was it the saints row the third you think well, Central the third was okay. The, my favorite one is the second one. The second one was just fantastic. Saints Row Two was just just everything about that game was just chef's kiss, in my opinion. Like I yeah. love that game. The uh, first one is two on the nose, I think. From remember from back in the day, it was well, like the first one was was literally literally one hundred percent a ripoff of of um, a GTA. GTA. Yeah. Yeah. The second one was when they finally went into their own way and they started to really. They started to really um, uh, accept the 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 comedic aspect of it, but they still at least thought about what they were doing, and and that's to me that's what made it good. Was they really actually like still thought about like this is a no we're still trying to make a quality game here <laughs> you know uh, the other ones were just kind of like well we're kind of in a crazy era right now. Let's just go crazy and do whatever we want. And that's, and I just was not here for it. So. Any thoughts, Kevin on Saints Row or. I loved Saints Row. Um, I, for the first two were good. Uh, but they could not just be another GTA clone that, no. that the community would not have. I, I really don't think they would have that series would have lasted more than one or two uh one or one or two titles if they would have stuck kept it more grounded even with the comedic overtones when they went into three and four i loved it 
I oh. think I thought that was really separating itself from the groundwork that uh, Take Two was doing with uh, GTA, and I mean the. the <laughs> The nuttiness and bizarreness, the silliness of three and four. I think three was a little bit better than four. Yes. But, uh, but I mean, you have a dubstep gun. I, I'm sorry. I loved using that dubstep gun. That was. <laughs> that was just. That was just bad crap craziness and. I really liked it. I liked the fact that you could be, you could either drive around, because I mean, in the fourth one, you are basically in the alien version of the Matrix. Uh, so you could basically be Superman and fly everywhere you wanted to go to. I, I like that. Or you could use the cars, or you could use weapons, or you were strong, you became strong enough to just beat the crap out of the aliens in, in cyberspace just with your bare hands. I really like that nuttiness, over-the-top bizarreness with a member of a gang being the president of the United States, the ridiculousness of uh, you got the touch being played as you're trying to disable this uh, nuclear inter intercontinental ballistic missile. I, I mean, it completely <clears throat> over the top nonsense, ridiculousness. And I think that's what Saints Row needed to be in order to truly separate itself from GTA. Now, I, I will say this though. Um, I think with two, with stellar writing, mind you, with stellar comedic like uh um dave chappelle level comedic writing that series could have maybe kept at least both feet more grounded in in reality and still yeah. have separated itself from gta but it would have required some stellar comedic writing in order for it for, for it to continue I don't have a problem with what they did with three and four. I, I loved it. But had they continued to be, you know, more grounded in reality, they would have really had to invest heavily, heavily, heavily in super talented comedic writers to make to make that game stand out. That's, because that is a really it, good point. Yeah, that is it, a really good point. GTA clone. Yeah, I think I think that's that is one hundred percent. I mean, I think you're 100% correct in that. Um, and I think they were just not willing to do that, which is fine. They don't have to. You know, it just it just seemed like it just kept getting more and more bizarre every every time. And I think that was the thing that really kind of was like, I don't know. You know, I don't know about this, folks. You know, but other than that, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. You know, and it just kept getting just more and more just like crazy and bizarre. I'm just kind of like, okay, you know. Well, but, hopefully, is your guys' hope it's Saints Row 5, or you think they're just going to reboot it? And Well, it can't uh, be Saints Row 5, yeah. because they blew up the planet in the in the, end, yeah. in the last one. And spoilers! What are you doing? <laughs> oh, stop it. If you haven't played this game, then you are completely, you know, being silly. So <laughs> I think on. this is a full reboot. So I think do it's I. a full reboot. Yeah. And, and oh, I really just hope, like the graffiti says. <laughs> well, no, I really, I just really hope that that the reboot is how Kev says, you know, and they really take time to create 
a really uh, strong narrative, you know, and not gritty, not gritty like um, like Saints Row, but but with enough like commentary that it that it makes sense, you know. That's, and plus, it's been how long since we've got a GTA, a Grand Theft Auto game proper? That's out. When did five come out? Twenty for twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen, something like that. Yeah, it's been longer than that. Yeah. Longer than six years. GTA five. Hmm. I don't know. Came out twenty thirteen. So. Okay. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. So. My bad. The, if they can be. If, like if they got some really talented comedic writers, it it could be that Grand Theft Auto with a comedic edge to it, you know, and still a little bit more, still some of the slapstick, because I think you need some of that slapstick in Saints Row, but mm-hmm. a little bit more grounded in reality, not necessarily chasing down ICBMs as the president or flying through alien uh, uh cyberspace but something a little bit more grounded but very 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 funny and that's where the talent of the writing staff has to come into play agreed all right good deal and so my next news story has something that was revealed during a quick con and there was a quick con skyrim panel so because you know obviously it's software and bethesda are one and the same, and so they have announced a uh, Skyrim Anniversary Edition. So this is a little bit different from the uh, Skyrim Special Edition that came out in 2016. So um, basically, it's going to have uh, more content, including fishing on here. Um, there's also going to be a patch for um, Xbox Series X and S and for PlayStation 5. And then last but not least... Uh, they will have up to 500 Creation Club elements. So Creation Club is Bethesda's curated pool of officially sanctioned mods on here, stuff that you wouldn't initially have to purchase separately, uh, including quests, dungeons, bosses, weapons, and spells on there. So they're curating 500, more, over 500 um, of the best mods in the community for this edition for the game on here. So so if you already own Skyrim Special Edition, you'll be able to upgrade the Anniversary Edition. Um, and there's going to be a free next-gen update for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. On there, all Skyrim players will be able to grasp rods and dip into the new fishing feature on here. And uh, they're also planning on doing a 10th anniversary celebration, including a special concert in London that will feature the game's original score performed by the London Symphony Orchestra and the London Voices Choir on there. And uh, for people that want to watch it and you happen not to be in the UK, you could watch it on YouTube and Twitch as well on there. So uh, there was a little beef, a little confusion about the version because of the fact that you do have to pay the upgrade to the actual proper anniversary edition on there. And they haven't committed to a particular price as of yet, but uh, 
there's a little back and forth because Twitter can be Twitter, and people are talking about, you know, what's where's your smart delivery now, bitch, and all this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. well, I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you are getting the phishing and the next-gen upgrade for free, and for Game Pass owners that happen to be rocking the uh, special edition of uh, Skyrim right now as part of their service, obviously, the uh, at least the base anniversary edition will be available, but you will have to pay to get the 500 Creation Club elements to the mix on there, so whether that's, you know, uh, a sterling $30 of value. Who knows? But we'll have to wait to see. Any thoughts? I know, Des, is this enough to get you back into Skyrim one more time? Or hails to the hails, Des? I don't know. It's like, it's like Skyrim has turned into like a George Romero zombie. It's like <laughs> it's been ported to every console. It It has been modded to Kingdom coming back they're still adding stuff to it and i'm thinking y'all putting all this stuff into this like are y'all strapped for cash or is like bethesda and stuff like are do y'all need money or something because i know you spent like a billion or so dollars trying to uh, acquire you know bethesda microsoft so you're just putting all these little bells and whistles just to make some revenue because i thought y'all were supposed to be working on elder scrolls 6 and and Starfield and all these other games, y'all just deciding to put out this this stuff now. Why? I I don't get it. Like I just don't like. Great. I I I I can't be mad at it because it's like extra stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, so <laughs> so. I'm like, I I, I don't. I, again, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it's like. So I'm like I don't get I, it. I'm actually I'm actually happy about this news because you know Skyrim's on my like pile of shame. I think I played 45 minutes of Skyrim. That's as much as I've played. So this gives me a chance, especially with this next gen upgrade, to be able to play it. It's on my Games Pass. I don't have to pay anything sure. for it. Uh, all this extra content, I don't know if I really care about because I haven't played the game, so sure. I don't know. I mean, so. maybe this will maybe this. Maybe the idea of fishing will allow me to make um to 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 beat the main quest now. I beat everything else in that damn game. Maybe this'll you know I don't know. Go back to the Thieves Guild just one more time. So. I don't know, dude. I really don't know. Like this is uh, I don't know. Kev, you gonna pick it up? You gonna buy it? You gonna add this back to your collection <laughs> or whatever? I don't know. Uh, you know, I've never played Skyrim at all. Um, oh, it's worth it, a play. Yeah, it, it seems like it, it probably is. I think another question here, and if you don't think Skyrim 2 or whatever the true sequel of this game is not coming to everything available that can run it, you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. Game Pass or no Game Pass. This the the sequel to Skyrim is going everywhere because this game has become its own entity outside of Bethesda. It, it's just it's it's too big. I I know that you know, well you don't spend one point seven billion dollars to put your games out on everything. 
I understand that, but Microsoft hasn't really cared about exclusives for a while now. You know, their new IP, okay, that's probably going to be locked to their service where wherever Game Pass exists. But Skyrim 2, it's going to be everywhere. Elder Scrolls 6, yeah. Uh, we'll have to see, but it's it's going to be a long time before that comes out. Oh, is is is... Are those two the is Skyrim? I thought Skyrim yes. and Skyrim, Elder Scrolls. Skyrim is Elder Scrolls Five. Basically. Oh, it is. okay, yeah. okay. So yeah. yeah, Elder Scrolls Six. I'm convinced then that it's going to be that game is going to be everywhere. I'm convinced. I would be surprised if it is locked to wherever Game Pass exists. I'd be really surprised. I'd be sad. Like I'd be super sad if that was the case. Super sad if they bring it out for everything. No, if they if it if they didn't bring it out for everything. Uh, yeah, I think I, I would cry. I would cry. Yeah. Don't don't cry. Don't you cry, <laughs> stepdad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's that's horrible. I know. <laughs> Isn't that great? So <laughs> this is why I leave you at home alone. <laughs> But I digress. Next, last news story that way we can <laughs> close this episode out uh, is about uh, a game that we played, maybe didn't play it enough, maybe played it just enough. Uh, Outriders on here. So <sighs> I don't know if you saw this sad story, but the developer of Outriders had said Square Enix has yet to pay it a royalty fee suggesting it is yet to break even. In a financial statement, the Polish company People Can Fly has said that up to August 16th, it had not received any royalties on the sale of the co-op focus looter shooter from Square Enix. Uh, royalties would be paid to People Can Fly if the net receipts uh, from the sales of Outriders yielded the pre-agreed level of returns for Square Enix on the costs incurred relating to its quality assurance distribution and marketing all that marketing all those uh free copies and outriders gear to all those uh gaming chair mafias out there youtubers streamers all that wonderful stuff so essentially the contract says people can fly gets its royalties on profits only after square enix makes back mm. its investment mm. on here so the deadline for this royalty payment from square enix was 45 days from the end of the calendar quarter and expired on august 14th so they have not received nothing on here so well i did my part about the game so uh yeah sorry <laughs> the su suggestion here is outriders failed to break even for square enix but it seems people can fly isn't sure exactly what happened it accused square enix of not providing enough information regarding sales income nor cost relating to the development and publishing of outriders so uh, the People Can Fly president, Sebastian, uh, some Polish last name I'm not going to read here, uh, <laughs> say, st stated. Wow. Well, at least you respected him enough not to try to butcher the last name, so that's good, I guess. Oh, Wojciechowski. Uh, no, that's that's not it. I'm not going to. See, see, see what I did? See, it's wrong. Uh, he stated, we don't have any sales figures for Outriders. We estimate it to be between two to three million units and assume that this was the result. 
that would ensure profitability for this project in the first quarter of sales. The lack of payment by the publisher probably meant that according to Square Enix, this is not the case. So oh, poor out, poor people. Can how can you like? How can you not know how much how much you sold? Like I, yeah. that's like that's weird. Like Cook you should be books. able to call someone up and be all like, hey, like how much money do you owe me? You know, I'm just. I'm a little, that's some suspect stuff right there. He went on to say perhaps it was caused by some elements of Square Enix's sales policy, the details of which we do not know, such as partnerships concluded by the publisher with distribution platforms or entities offering Outriders as an addition to their products. <laughs> Games Pass. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I to achieve these. 100%. Like, yep. Yeah, failure to achieve the level of profitability may also mean that the costs incurred by the publisher are higher than expected, but we don't want to speculate. We will analyze the situation further. It's worth noting, however, that such explanations take time and our influence on the publisher's position is limited. So they said they don't got no pull. They can't put no weight on them, unfortunately. So uh, because this news comes as a surprise because... As you well know, Square Enix was like all like, oh, we we did great with Outriders, and it's poised to be the company's next big franchise with this uh, wonderful press releases after 3.5 unique players. Notice it says players and not uh, sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flock to the experience game in this model. Yeah, experience in this first month. At least some of Outriders' success was attributed to the day one launch on Xbox Games Pass. And then in June, Square Enix said it was pleasantly surprised by the success of its new IP, stating that the digital sales ratio for the title has been very high. <laughs> Insisted that the decision to make Outriders available on Xbox Games Pass as soon as the title launch also worked in its favor, quote-unquote. So. so it worked in Square Enix's favor, not in People Can Fly's favor. That's correct. That's basically <laughs> what we're saying here. How did, man, I don't, you know, and... Okay, Square Enix, I love Final Fantasy VII Remake, so uh, I, I, you guys were wonderful there. But how can you, this is shady, this is shady. I, I, I don't know enough about game develop, the game development business to see where the shade really re- lies, but how the hell do you develop a game, turn it over in, in, con- in conjunction with a publisher, this contract sounds like it just sounds like you know we'll pay you when we feel like paying you these royalties you know don't call us we'll call you type of thing it's like how do you you not know it's like no 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 no. i want to see the books i want to see those game pass downloads i want to see all that if I if I'm making this get now granted Square Enix is funding the money, funding the project, and I guess you're saying well it's either that or, you know I don't pay my mortgage. But I think at at some point, particularly with a with a game as ambitious as Outriders was supposed to be, maybe you just say, do we just take this thing to Patreon? Do we just take this thing to the community and just focus our marketing budget on on YouTube videos and live streams 
and getting this game out in front of the people who we want to buy it. Because, again, I don't... Square Enix, yeah, the, the, the Game Pass deal worked for Square Enix. Did not work for People Can Fly. I don't see how you can get away with that as the developer of the game. No, I need to see how many people downloaded this game. I need to, you know, obviously they can find out the the the, co- the number of physical copies that were sold, but through multiple resources, but or and the number of copies sold through PlayStation Network and Steam. But I need to see that contract between Square Enix and Games Pass and Microsoft. I need to see that. Yeah, that is that's... a vital part. Mm-hmm of how I'm going to get paid. Yeah. Um, he went on to further say that the people can fly president stated that the sales tale of outriders is ahead of us. They're working on more content for outriders. Uh, there's a tease for a new expansion called uh, new horizon on here. Yeah, it's been teased and talked about online on there. So that is coming um so and they stated that they're counting on more promotion from square enix and expects the first royalties from the sales of outriders to be paid out later this year they're currently also working on a project for take two interactive and also working on another project for square enix surprise surprise Mm. but they stated that they're Mm. also working on a new game it intends to self-publish on here and he went on to state that working with the publisher has many advantages but also its disadvantages one of them the the low impact that people can fly on sales activities and the incompleteness or as in this case the lack of data obtained from the publisher in this regard this is one of the reasons why apart from working with publishers we have decided to develop projects whose ip will remain the property of the company and which will be published by the company as well Smart so mm-hmm. made that statement. So they, they got a couple new games in the oven. They got a new Outriders expansion, and plus they also working on another game they're going to publish themselves on there. I say bring it up, and you know they they did well with Outriders as much as you know. I don't think we. I would love to go back to it whenever you say Desmond. This is like one of these other stepchildren we're just like leaving out to the side and not. <laughs> paying attention to but no, this, uh, one of the stepchildren was like deleting stuff and hiding stuff so <laughs> oh, i know they were a bad child so they're a bad child they're they're acting up acting yeah, so the hopefully fool, so. hopefully they'll be better this time yeah and whenever kevin if you do buy the game on black friday maybe we'll just all three of us become the outrider triple threat and go in there and, and clean house so yeah maybe of course of course aliens will be out uh, yeah. So that's like that's kind of like my. I'm really looking forward to that, but um, yeah. my we'll my see. copy is on its way. It'll be here on Tuesday. So nice, nice. So we'll All right, see. That's that's news for this episode. So <laughs> I think we had enough news and enough yeah. jam packed this episode. So we were, we were. We could cut, we could cut in two, make it two episodes. <laughs> mm. Oh boy. Contact. You can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. If you've heard something you want to respond to, or if you'd actually like to be on the show and get your perspective on the wonderful hobby of gaming out to our listeners, you're going to want to send an email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. 
You can also find us on Twitter at Gaming Vessels individually. We also have our own social media accounts. Uh, oh, but, but before I mention that, uh, our Discord servers. Uh, you can join our, our Discord server from the link on our Twitter feed at Gaming Vessels and also on any podcast aggregate you use to download our show. You will find a link to our Discord uh, our disc, our Discord channels. rather. It's a great place to interact with other listeners of the show about gaming. And as I repeatedly say, Twitter has become a dumpster fire. So if you would like to see and uh, interact with people with varying opinions on gaming, but uh, not treat each other like crap, <laughs> I would highly encourage you to join up on our Discord servers through that those links on our Twitter on our Twitter page and through the Discord aggregates that you that you use to download the show. Individually, we have our own uh, social media accounts. I can be found on Twitter for the time being at Shonuf71. That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71 at the end. PlayStation Network, I can be found at Shonuf7, same spelling with number 7. Xbox, I can be found at Shonuf071, same spelling with 071 at the end. Steam, I'm Shonuf71, same spelling as originally. And on Switch, my friend code is 76582155 So Des, where can folks get a hold of you at me? Alrighty, y'all can find me on uh PSN and Steam at Nemo Tigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. You can find me on Twitter at the Nemo6, T-H-E-N-E-M-O-S-I-X. And my Nintendo friend code is 52806674. Four five one nine, and as always, please when you message us, let us know how you heard about us. Mention the show or something, because we want to speak to people, not bots. Uh, Joe, where can folks find you, buddy? Uh, they can find me forwarding contest entries on Twitter uh, under the user mm-hmm. handle Joe Fungal, J O E F O N G U L. Uh, PSN the Steam Communigara, K A M U N A G A R A. Same spelling on Xbox with a 6995 at the end. And then my Nintendo friend code, if I ever turn it on again, I need to play Monster Hunter Stories 2. 47125953-1409. All right, all right. And again, another special shout out to those who responded to our question, our main event, rather, our question of the week. Uh, special shout out to John BT, special shout out to Gerald, special shout out to Crucial Chase and Alberto, special shout out also to Ren, uh, who responded to that. And again, folks, you know, you're the reason we do this show. I don't want an episode to be posted without us thanking our listeners, because without y'all, we'd just be three old dudes uh, jabbing our ones and zeros out into the internet ether. So special shout out to our listeners, special shout out to those who respond to our main event questions of the week. So for Trader Joe, AKA the food max of gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. And for Dez, AKA the high res hater, AKA the cat daddy, AKA the Bay area terror, AKA gamer step daddy. No. I, <laughs> I am Shonuff71, aka Digger Dulamite. 
telling you Triple that bling we'll be bling, back. y'all. <laughs> God. Telling you that we will be back next week with episode 137. Peace. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Purple bling bling, y'all. <laughs>